This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. To It's a Wrap, a new show on Roku every Monday morning from 8 to 9, uh, where we'll be wrapping up Sunday's games. Look forward to the Monday night games. Talk a little MLB playoffs, a little college football news, and we'll be trying to get guests on on the show every week today we have jason mckinn coming in uh at about 8 30. i'm your host mac with your co-host pags aka the philly sports guy right now coming live from tampa bay as the eagles will be playing the tampa bay buccaneers tonight so pags it was a really interesting interesting sunday games there was some big upsets big scores um you know mistakes made by by some of the teams that led to losing so Let's go through the games a little bit. I want to get your thoughts on them um, as, as we start off here. And we're going to start with your old backup quarterback, a little mustache magic, uh, Minshew, who had a pretty good game against Baltimore. Um, the Ravens were 2-0. and Indianapolis Colts were 1-1. and And they went together. And the, and the, Col- the Colts upset uh, the Baltimore Ravens without their rookie quarterback. Uh, did you get a chance to check it out, or did you get a check chance to check out all the information on the game packs? I, I did. I was watching the game a little bit. Uh, we were having a we were having a uh, soiree of about three hundred Eagles fans at a bar, and they were showing those games. And I, I was watching how close the game was, and uh, of course, it was uh, Steichen's first win. Uh, he was uh, the old Eagles. Uh, offensive coordinator, and of course, it was Gardner Minshew that led them to that win. So there was a little bit of a a Philly contingent uh, beating Baltimore, which was a little bit of a surprise that Baltimore didn't uh, come out and just run all over the Colts. But this is why they play the games on Sunday, and they don't just you know do it off of paper. You know, I I saw again. I saw uh, Jackson again. A little inaccurate with some of his easier passes. It's like the long ball he can throw great, but when it comes to them short outs and and you know when the, when the wide receivers are sitting in the zone, he has a little bit of a problem uh, hitting those receiver packs still. And of course, OBJ wasn't there uh, playing last night uh, yesterday. I don't know that OBJ makes a difference anyways. He's a little longer in the tooth. He's not as fast. He doesn't get open as much. I feel like that he is. Not necessarily faking these injuries, but I feel like that he is on load management. Let's not necessarily, we don't need to play these games here. I'm going to be needed more towards the end of the season. And I that's where he's really going to come out and be okay to play. I don't think he's going to play anytime before then. All right. Um, the, the Cleveland Browns uh, win with Deshaun Watson finally playing uh, a little bit like Deshaun Watson did in the past. Uh, Tennessee Pags, last week they had a good game. This week they didn't have such a good game. And a lot had to do with that Cleveland defense. Yeah, I. this was a, a game that kind of surprised me. Initially, first half didn't go so well for Cleveland or uh, the Titans. It was just going back and forth. And then, you know, uh, stupid penalties from the Titans – that was what really brought them brought them on. It was like a, a one specifically uh, quarterback hit. You know what I mean? That they got the fifteen yard, uh, you know, 
going into the quarterback, and, and that's what starts to put the first touchdown on. And then they really didn't look back afterwards. Yeah. So it was, yeah, well, it, it was a weird game. I mean, you, you you think about it. Chubbs was out, and that was that was their main bread and butter. I mean, they were running Chubbs a lot. They had to depend on Deshaun Watson uh, a little bit more. And he did step up. You know, I've been criticizing Deshaun Watson uh, for the last couple of years when he started pl- playing again. But he finally did have a good game. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I don't know if this is going to lead for him to be a top five quarterback again. But at least he did his job this week against the Titans. So, uh, you know, and, and what are the Titans going to do? I mean, already they are like one and two, you know, yeah. and it's but I mean, they're tied for first place in that division because everybody else is one and two, at least as well. That's true. The Detroit defense finally steps up, plays some really good ball as they shut down Atlanta uh, Falcons. Um, a lot of people were saying Detroit's defense was overrated uh, this year, which last year they were, they were, they were lights out. Um, Detroit, I, you know, I hate to admit it. I didn't pick them to, to win that division, but it looks like they are the best division in the North. Uh, even with the Green Bay Packers to be packed. You know, and this game went exactly as I thought it would. It, that I thought that Detroit would score a little bit of points, but they're not kick, clicking on all cylinders yet, and that Atlanta was going to get its own way. And Atlanta hasn't quite figured out their offense yet. They've got a, a lot of new parts and moving pieces there, and they haven't quite figured it all out yet. Atlanta's not a bad team. They're just not uh, – they don't know how to win consistently yet. And yeah. that's uh, that's what kind of happened yesterday. It was uh, the defense. Uh, obviously, they only got two field goals, so they were able to you know, really sustain, um, you know, keep Atlanta at bay in the you know, the well, it looked look, look like it looks like with Atlanta right now, it's all about their running game. Uh, they got the rookie; his name slips my mind right now. The rookie running back from Bijan Robinson. Thank you. And he's going to be a good one, Pags. I mean, a lot of teams had a shot at picking him up, and they passed on him, including the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, that was going to be a big that hometown a hometown guy there, uh, and they didn't take him. Uh, but he looks like he's going to be a real good one, Pags. I agree. But uh, they have also other weapons on that team that they haven't figured out how to use yet. I mean, they have Pitts, who's <laughs> yeah. a tight end, who I think has maybe had two targets or three targets. Uh, it's it's not been uh, they haven't figured out how to utilize him and he's one of the better tight ends that are out there. But if you don't throw him the ball, it's like it's like having Travis Kelsey on your team and him not getting any you know any love. I agree. That was a first round pick for him, and they still don't know how to use him yet, um, which is kind of strange. And it, a lot of coaching, a lot of coaching mistakes too. And I think that's one of them. You know that that that's a big one with Atlanta. A lot of coaching decisions made, and we're going to get to them during the games here. Um, Green Bay comes back with Jordan Love, but a lot of that wasn't Jordan Love. A lot of that was because of the Saints' mistakes. Derek Carr gets hurt. He's taken out of the game. They have a shot to win it at the end of the game. I think they missed the field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, hey, Jordan Love did bring them back. They did win in the fourth quarter. They won by one one point. So you got to give Green Bay some credit there. I, I'll give them a little bit of credit. I mean, they listen, uh, you're not going to win them any games by scoring all your points in the fourth quarter. That's true. That is true. And the Saints were able to really keep them at bay during that time. I think that what was the, what was the difference? They, they got most of their yards in the fourth quarter. 
I mean, so Green yes. Bay was not doing much of anything up until that time, uh, and then momentum changed. Uh, or, right. or they finally got tired. I, I wanted to see what the time of possession was. Actually, uh, yeah, the Packers actually had won the time of possession, the, you know, the 33 minutes. So, I mean, it, they finally wore down the Saints is what it started to occur. Right. And that's where we were able to put, put some points on the board. And that's and with yeah. Derek, and with Derek Carr getting hurt didn't didn't hurt uh, their chances of coming back either. Pags, you know, with him being taken out of the game, so um, a good win for Green Bay as they keep pace with Detroit Lions. Um, let's see, we have uh, the uh, Houston beats up Jacksonville. Uh, a lot of people were surprised about this when we talked on the Sunday Big Football Show. I thought Houston was going to give them a game. I didn't think they would whack. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it seems the Jags have a problem with physical teams. You know, they came back and beat the Chargers, which isn't a physical team, but if you get up in their face, it seems like over the last year anyway, and just now, they have a problem with physical teams, uh, Pax. Uh, yeah, this one was a little bit of a surprise to me, obviously. It was, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, not what I was expecting. It was like 21 seven or something like that it was like they were uh, they came out and uh really took it to the jags and i was surprised that peterson wasn't allowing this to kind of happen it's not it's not very peterson like uh you know obviously he's the coach of the jags and the fact that they couldn't get anything going uh that it just it's more of a testament to the defense uh, over there in Houston, you know, obviously that coach is is a defensive mind. He was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers last year, and now he's there, the head coach, and he's set a whole new tone for Houston, yeah. and maybe this is the start of a good thing. Uh, how about that? Like the three new coaches all winning in week three. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and really the first quarterback to really step up, I know Richardson is hurt, but the first rookie quarterback to really step up and play some really good ball in his first year so far. C.J. Stroud gets a touchdown. He gets his win. Um, I think he's going to be a good one, Pags. I don't know if he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. Well, you got to start somewhere, and you know it's this was uh, something to build off of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we'll see what happens with Houston and Jacksonville as the year goes on. The, you know. I feel bad for certain teams, especially when a team takes pity on you at the end, right? And when Miami drops 70 on uh, Denver's defense, and I, you know, I really don't know. Uh, I didn't going to blame Sean Payton. It's his first year, it's his third game as a head coach. I'm not blaming Russell Wilson for this one. That's uh, the Denver defense. I, I watched them try to tackle people, Pags. And they looked like they gave up. Uh, they weren't really trying to tackle them. They kind of let them run through the holes. Do what they, they gave up on Sean Payton. Now I don't know if it's because of his style, because he's you know he's kind of a hard ass, or it's because you know uh, of of his attitude. I don't know. I know that the Denver Broncos uh, gave up at the end, and Miami's head coach wouldn't even kick the field goal to to break the record. He felt. He kind of felt sorry for him. As a coach, I would be totally embarrassed by that. I, uh, you know, and I'd love to have heard, like, because they showed them to talking at the at, as they came at the end of the game. And I want to know what he said. You know, I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like he said, thanks for not, you know, 
running it up too bad on me. Uh, but 70 points, I mean, they were they were eight yards away from breaking the record for most yardage, too. Uh, and they didn't do either. You know what I mean? So it's 70 points in a game. And not for nothing, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed Seven, of yourself. 700 total yards on offense, Pat. I mean, I've I mean, I've been watching football longer than you have, and I've never seen that. I've never seen an offense run the ball, pass the ball, and and play defense like this team does. Now it's only the third game. You know, you still got Buffalo in that division. You still got the Patriots in that division. Um, I think the Patriots are playing Miami next, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but uh, they're not going to score 70 points at the Patriots. That's not going to happen. So we'll see what happens as the year goes on. Is that just one of those blips where it happens every 30 years, or is Miami really that good? It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, Tua stays healthy, Pags. Super Bowl? I mean, maybe. I mean, I, hey, listen, they've been they've been far and away the best team in the first three weeks, you know, right. in terms of scoring points and such like that. This, you know, next week is going to be a very interesting game because this is a – Hmm, I'm smelling myself after this game. You know, right. four touchdowns by Mostart. Uh, Mostert, uh, four touchdowns by a Kane. You know, I mean, it was like they had – it's the first time ever in the NFL where a team had five rushing and five passing touchdowns. You know, yes. like I said, 720-plus yards of offense. And, you know, and then in the meantime, Russell Wilson uh, looking like Russell Wilson lately. Yeah. I, so I made a mistake. I, I made a mistake. They're not playing New England. They're playing the Jets next week. That's who they're playing. So, well, uh, you know what? Actually, and that's not for nothing. The Jets' defense is still doing its job. Yes. The offense is sputtering, but the defense is doing its job. And it's like I said, we were going to see what happened because one of the games we haven't gone over yet was the Minnesota Vikings, and yeah. they took another L. And I keep saying that they, they have a quarterback over there in Minnesota who is going to wind up playing for the Jets, and that's going to that's going to become more of a reality, I think, this week. Uh, you're going to start to see that because the Jets are are getting nervous about their offense. Well, well let's talk about that a little bit. Um, the Vikings uh, – uh, Lose to uh, in a in a in a in a pretty close game, twenty eight twenty four uh, to the Chargers. Uh, we all know the percentages dropped to almost nothing if you go zero and three. But a bad mistake by the quarterback you're talking about at the end of the game. There's thirteen seconds left, and instead of spiking the ball, going into the huddle, being able to you know call a couple plays, he hurries the offense up makes a decent throw that might have been able to be been caught, but it wasn't. They were rushed. Uh, you know, they're blaming the fans for being too loud. As an experienced quarterback, Pags, and as a Jets head coach, do you want a quarterback out there that kind of blows it at the end of the game and maybe cost you the win? Well, I don't know that it cost them the win. Because, I mean, they still had a little bit of a ways to go. And, and yeah, he maybe could have spiked it and did all of that. This is this is similar to 
You know, you dare I say Dak Prescott running down the middle of the field in the playoff game and not realizing the amount of time he had left and such like that. Like, you have to just be more aware. This isn't Madden. This isn't, you know, like when you're playing those games, time is different than when you're playing in a real game. So it's like I I, I don't necessarily place all on that. That last drive isn't what lost them the game. The way that they played all game long is what lost them the game. You know, so. True. Yeah, and I kind of feel that this is, you know, there's going to be a big, big shakeup in Minnesota, and I think it starts now. If I am the GM and I want I want to get started on this rebuild now, you may lose the fans a little bit this year, but you can start to get back and get back assets for next year. And I know that the Jets don't have a number one pick, but now I would I would literally go after Listen, maybe we could solve one of your problems and get rid of Zach Wilson for you. We'll take on that responsibility. He'll be a good backup here. We could, you know, we could work out whatever we want to do. And then we could actually maybe get a good first round pick, you know, and get a quarterback of our own. I, I think I think you're right. They probably would lose some of the fan base if they did that. You know, I was talking to the producer and I said, you know, playing football, it's not easy during the game to make these split decisions because you're thinking about a lot. A lot of things are going through your head. You're thinking about, you know, getting getting to the line of scrimmage, getting everybody lined up, how much time is left. Do you have another play? What I mean, you know, I I kind of I don't feel sorry because they're professionals. They get paid a lot of money. But I can understand Pags at the end of the game in a kind of a panic. You have a chance to win it. You got to get the playoff and you kind of lose your mind a little bit there. And 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 I can understand that. Uh, even though I never played the professional football at the, at that level, I do understand that. Even the greatest of all time, dare I say, Tom Brady spiked the ball on fourth down. Right. You right. know what I mean? Not they, knowing what down it was. So I mean, though there there are times when you just there's so much going on that you forget to see the tree right in front of you. You That's know what I mean? Point. And you go you go face first right into that tree. So uh, it's not it's not ridiculous to see these things occur sometimes there's a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks and they are human but as i think about this and i see what happened obviously with the vikings going zero and three i see the jets that are holding teams to 15 points i mean even even last week against dallas when dallas scored 30 points that was a fake 30 points because they scored really uh, one of those touchdowns that you could consider like a defensive touchdown, and they didn't really they didn't finish the drives. So there again, it was that they're holding these teams to small amounts of points with a good manager running the offense. It's possible they'd win. They'd be two and one rather than one and two. It's, it's, it's a good point. We'll talk a little bit about them against the Patriots. Patriots, I don't know whether they won 13 or 14 in a row or 15 or whatever it's been. Um, the Patriots kind of own have, have owned the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson kind of came alive in the second half. I mean, he started making some throws. Um, the Hail Mary cop to get his hand on that at the end of the game, and that would have been an unbelievable finish if he was able to haul that in. But the Patriots are just more – they're more disciplined. They're more fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball. Mac Jones is not – Tom Brady by any means. I don't think the Patriots will win a Super Bowl with, with Mac Jones. They will be competitive. 
Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that situation there because even though the Jets' defense was good, uh, is very good, Jones had a lot of time to make some to make some throws. Patriot offensive line did a good job. So, what do you think about that, Pax? Do you think that maybe the Patriots should start looking for a, a, maybe a rookie quarterback or another quarterback to come over and replace Mac Jones? No. No, I think that that I don't think Mac Jones is the problem here. I think that the problem is that he has no receivers, you know, and, and you could say Juju Schuster is there and they got no tight end to be able to dump the ball. Like all the things that Tom Brady had throughout his entire career, he, Mac Jones does not have. So my thing would be, again, you know, there, there may be some dismay in Atlanta with Pitts. I'd consider if I was the Patriots, I'd maybe make a phone call. Be like, yeah, you're not using Pitt so much. You, you're interested in getting rid of him? You know, like, let's see if maybe we could do something here. And, you know, see if that is something that they'd be up for. Because ultimately, I think that that's the problem. I think that he doesn't have he doesn't have the safety valves. And with all of that time, he still couldn't find anybody open. It's, and that's that's the issue. I don't think I don't think it's a Mac Jones problem. I think it's an offense problem. That's a good point because you know they they did sign those two tight ends to to be to be that, and they haven't been that even under O'Brien's offense. I mean, one tight end did catch that touchdown for the Patriots, but they don't have a, a Gronk. You know, and maybe Pitts could be similar to a Gronk. So it's a great point there, Pat. Well, and, and um, you saw even with that touchdown that he caught, he was well covered. Like that wasn't the best throw, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was, uh, I was into coverage there. And so I, there's, like you said, I don't know that it's Mac Jones is the problem there. He's he's seems like he's very accurate. He can zip the ball in there. I just don't think they've got anybody who knows how to get open on that team. Okay, so another team in the NFC East played and lost. The Commanders went up against the Buffalo Bills. Sam Howell had a terrible game. I think he threw four interceptions. Uh, you know, you're playing against Josh Allen. It's not as it's not that easy. I know the uh, the Commanders got a couple sacks on him, but to contain him for the whole game, uh, very hard. He did hit he did hit uh, um, 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 Stephon Diggs with 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 uh, a few big passes. He had a big game. Um, I don't know if Buffalo is good as Miami but they are still a very competitive team and the commanders just aren't there yet. Pags. They are who we thought they are. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's they, they came back down to earth a little bit. I think that Washington uh, was like the beneficiary similar to the giants last year, uh, where the giants were able to win games early just by, you know, you know, playing out the entire game and, and just putting in a full 60-minute effort. Uh, and there wasn't any amount of 60-minute effort that they could put in yesterday against Buffalo that was going to do the job. Uh, and I think that that's, that's an eye-opening thing for Washington to be able to utilize their strengths. I think they went against their game plan on what they do best, which is running the football and keeping the offense off the field for the other team. And they went against that, and they did a lot of three and outs. Well, speaking of hard-playing teams, the Arizona Cardinals played Washington to the fourth quarter. They didn't finish that game. They played the Giants to the fourth quarter. The Giants came back in the fourth quarter. This week they played the fourth quarter, Pags, and the Cardinals never stopped this game. They gave full 60 minutes. They didn't really control the ball like Dallas did. They made a bunch of big plays against the Cowboy defense. 
which might have surprised a lot of people. Cowboys had, you know, their offensive line had some injuries. Uh, Trevor Diggs is not playing. He's out for the year. Cornerback, it did kind of show uh, against the Cardinals. But I'm really happy uh, for the Cardinals. And Joshua Dobbs getting his first win as an NFL quarterback. He looks like a, a great second-string quarterback. He's not going to be a first-string uh, quarterback, I don't think, next year, depending on you know what happens in, in, in Arizona. But good for the Cardinals. I feel happy for them, Pags. They finally got a win. Hey, I'm always happy when the Dallas Cowgirls uh, lose a game. And uh, this was one of those games that uh, you were surprised. I mean, it was like, ooh, that would have, you know, I would have loved to have had a small little wager on that money line because you, you could have made a lot of money on the Arizona Cardinals this week. Uh, but they came out as like they, like they normally do in the beginning where the first half, they dominated the first half. And they've dominated the first half all three weeks of the season. They just haven't finished these games. The second half, they've come back out and they've lost. And I kind of mentioned I thought this was going to be a very close game, although I thought Dallas was going to win. But just they, I, I've been saying that Dallas has not been able to finish drives. And this it became back to, came out to haunt them yesterday. It's like they just weren't finishing drives. And you can't just continue to put up three points and hope you're going to win these games. I mean, that's a great point. In the red zone, the Cardinals, uh, they, they, they stomped them. They had a shot to cut, kick a couple field goals. And, and, you know, the head coach decided not – he decided to go for it a couple times. That cost them six points. Maybe – Maybe some momentum. I don't know. Um, and Dak had that big interception. And you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm no Dallas Cowboy fan, but that wasn't Dak's fault uh, uh, that they lost that game. That was the oh, oh that interception was absolutely <laughs> Dak's fault though. That was definitely like he threw right to that guy. It was like, mm-hmm, there's Dak. Woohoo! Aren't we happy that he's still the quarterback over there? Uh, so I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of happy people in Tampa Bay yesterday watching that game. Yes, yes, a lot of Eagles fans. And in case you don't know, uh, Pags is also the Philly sports guy who has about ten thousand Eagle fans invading Tampa Bay. Uh, for tonight's game. So. That's just on my side of the bay. I'm right, on Clearwater yeah. side. The other side of the bay has got another 10,000. There's about 20,000 Eagles fans wow. here. It's going wow. to be like a home game tomorrow or tonight. Wow, that's 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 awesome. Um, let's see. We got Kansas City taking care of Chicago 41 to 10. They still don't have Justin Fields really running with the ball, which is really is that's what he does. He's not a he's not a pocket passer. And uh, of course we have to we have to go up and look in the box and we have to look at Taylor Swift a hundred times during the game. Maybe it was more uh, I know exciting than the game was. I hate that bags. I'm there to watch the football game. I'm not there to watch Taylor Swift cheer for Travis Kelsey. But what do you think about Justin Fields? Uh, it's totally uh, a mess over there for him right now. Uh, yeah, I mean Chicago is a train wreck right now and it's not going to change all season long. Uh, there's already been some contention between coach and quarterback. I have a feeling that this is not going to last. I mean, you're going to see there's going to be a fight for the first spot, and I think Chicago is going to go quarterback again. They're going to start to go through the Jets process of keep getting quarterbacks until they figure it out and get one that's right, and, and I think this is another one of those situations uh, that – 
Fields is is playing himself out of a job. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand why you would have him sitting in the pocket and passing uh, all the time. Again, he's a guy with a great arm throwing deep. He's not that accurate. He holds the ball too long. I don't think they have a quarterback coach there that works with him. Uh, I don't I don't I don't know what they're doing with him. They're just telling him you know stay in the pocket. It just doesn't work for the Bears' offense and the defense pack isn't playing that good either. So it, it's 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 just terrible over there right now. I'd hate to be a Chicago Bear right now. Um, and to speak of Taylor, to speak of Taylor Swift, we understand that you are not their demographic, but there are millions upon millions upon millions of Swifties out there that don't know much about the NFL. That's why the NFL kept showing Taylor Swift. We know true. deep down, though, that she's an Eagles fan. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She is. That's true. But she is a big Travis Kelsey fan right now, anyway. Um, so uh, Las Vegas, we, we we talked about it a little bit before the show. Las Vegas ends up uh, losing to Pittsburgh. I think Garoppolo might have had a concussion. I saw something uh, in the updates uh, this morning. Um, listen, the Pittsburgh Steelers to me are not going anywhere. They, they, I think they'll finish 500. They might get a wild card. They're just, they're just a physical team that will beat you up. And with, with not a lot of talent to me, bags, they got that one receiver Pickens. That's pretty good. Um, their running backs, not bad, but it's not a dominating team that the steel like the Steelers used to have. And the Raiders were Garoppolo. I knew what wasn't going to work out. Uh, he's a good quarterback, but uh, I can depend on a guy that gets hurt all the time. Well, I, I think that, I mean, with the Steelers themselves, uh, one, they're going to be a little bit of the beneficiary of an easier schedule. And secondly, I kind of feel that, I mean, their defense is going to win these games. You have to score 21 points as the Steelers to win the games. Uh, and that's what's going to happen because the defense is going to hold the opposing offenses to 20 points. If they score, if the other offense scores more than 20 points, the Steelers are going to lose that game. And that's going to be the MO all year long. And so if they can find, if they can manage these games and score 23 points, you know, 21 points, 24 points, and just eke it out to those to those numbers, they'll win those games. It's just that teams that are able to score on them, like when they go up against like teams like Kansas City and things like that, they're going to have the problems there. That's yeah. where they're not going to be able to keep up. Uh, yeah, I just I, I think of that quarterback, and that quarterback just he still looks like a rookie. He, he does. still looks like a rookie. He does, and that's you know, and I I feel like that that's they're still searching for the new Ben Roethlisberger over there. You know, you know, they got Trubisky over there. They've pulled pickets in the past and put Trubisky in there, but Trubisky is, is the same, maybe a little less, maybe a little better, better than pickets. I mean, it's not much of a, a disparity there. And I know Trubisky is one of the highest paid backups in the league right now. Do they trade Trubisky? to maybe a team that needs a quarterback uh, and pickets to get the first round draft pick. No, nobody's, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to trade for Trubisky because of his high price tag and him being unproven. You know, this is not Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? You saw a good amount of Mitch Trubisky and 
know, Baker was hot and cold, hot and cold. Mitch Trubisky has just been lukewarm and cold. And that's the difference. And I don't think that any, you know, team right now is going to really consider Mitch as a, a viable option. Uh, for their starting quarterback to relieve their woes. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there are quarterbacks that that are getting hurt pags. As I said, Carr, uh, they do got a good backup there. Um, but with somebody like, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy G, I think Trubisky might be able to fill in and be a stopgap. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking, you know, you've got two quarterbacks that are about the same. Uh, Pickett's played. You know, he's the kind of hometown kid there. Um and they were building him up during the preseason like he's ready to go, and I, I just don't see it. So I think they got a problem there in Pittsburgh right now at the quarterback position. As you said, they're looking for a new quarterback, that's for sure, I would think. Well, I, think, I, think, I don't think that they're looking for it. Obviously, as long as he can manage these games and score at least 20 points a game, they're going to be able to continue to win, and they're going to be able to sneak by. You yeah, know, but and Pax, that's Pax, you want your quarterback to bring you over the top in certain cases – I mean, listen. If 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 McDaniel's doesn't go is, doesn't go for it, and uh, and and he kicks the field goal instead of going for it, another coaching decision that people have been kind of talking about with the Raiders versus the Steelers. It's fourth down. He kicks the field goal, gives the ball back to the Steelers. Uh, you know, and and you know they're going to run and try to run out the clock instead of going for that touchdown. Um, you know, he's not going to. To me, you know, and I don't know, maybe two years from now I'll be wrong, but Pickett isn't the quarterback to put them over the top. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think they, they've got to go through something here, and I don't know what it is right now. So uh, we'll see what happens. And how about McDaniel? Not for nothing. How about McDaniel with three minutes left? I know he got three timeouts, but you're on the six-yard line, and you're not going to go. You go for the field goal there. After you get the first down – after making the field goal with three minutes and 30 seconds left, now you're down to two, the two-minute warning just about, and you're going to kick the field goal and then kick it off to them and hope you make a stop. I mean, I know they got the ball back, but there was no there was no chance. You're going to go for the jugular there and try to tie that game up then. yeah. And I, I think it just showed that he had no faith in his offense. Yeah. And that that spoke volumes. Hey, listen, I, I agree. I, 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 uh, he's been on the hot seat since he's been there. There's been a lot. I should say he's been on a hot seat. A lot of fans have been complaining about McDaniel since he's been there. Um, I don't know if he has another bad year. Is he gone or does he stay? I'm not sure, but uh, I know the fans would be happy if he left anyway. So, again, a lot of coaches uh, called into question on a lot of plays they made. And, again, you know, if he makes the field goals, gets the ball back, scores he's he's a great coach but uh i think i agree with you he should have went for the touchdown there so you got a couple games tonight and i like i like we said we, we missed there. one game that we didn't go over real fast go ahead. i just uh, the panthers and seahawks uh, yeah. I, I i did choose the panthers i thought that this was a you know i said that weirdo line at five five points five and a half points is a weirdo line and the Panthers came out and actually took it to Seattle initially in the first half. Uh, couldn't couldn't hold on, and their running game in Seattle started to really take a toll on that defense. And uh, Seattle wound up winning it, 37-27. But I, it was a better showing by Carolina. But I feel that this is taking the same turn as it did last year with their coach. You know, and they brought this other coach in, and, and they thought, okay, this guy's the answer. 
I don't know that they, they have the right answer yet, though. <clears throat> the, the, the interesting thing about that was, of course, Bryce Young didn't play. You've got the old veteran, you know, the red rifle in there, and he's throwing a ball. He did. He played a decent game, which is what he's supposed to do. To me, to me, Pax, the biggest question is what's going to happen with Bryce Young? Was he really hurt, or did they pull him just to get him out of the, out of the spotlight for a while? You know, uh, let the veteran take over for a while. Will he play next week? I'm interested to see if Bryce Young plays next week or not. Uh, well, I Dalton played pretty well. I mean, he yeah. threw for two touchdowns. He had 361 yards. I mean, he threw the ball 58 times. And, you know, they Carolina invested a lot of money in their running game, and it's not working. Sanders is not doing anything. He's not anything like he was in Philadelphia. I mean, I think yeah. that the most he's gained in a game is like 40-some yards. He only gained 24 yards yesterday. I uh, was able to get a touchdown. I think that was his first touchdown of the year, but they just, their running game is not existent and they have to rely on the pass. They do have that one guy more there. I think who's, uh, you know, playing okay, but he's, you know, that's the, they just don't have the weapons there or they don't have the offensive line to be able to handle the running game. And that's, that's part of the problem. When you have to go back and throw the ball 60 times a game, you're not going to win. I agree. I definitely agree with that. And, and you know, I mean, I know you can use the passing game as a running game with short passes and everything, but they just, as you said, they don't have the players to do that. They don't have a, uh, you know, a, a big weapon like a Samuels or, a, you know, or, or somebody like this that could take the ball on a five-yard pass and turn it into a, you know, a 50-yard touchdown. They just don't have those athletes over there right now. I, I think, listen, the Panthers are going to have problems, Pags. It's a new coaching staff. The offensive line on a lot of teams are not that good. Um, you know, we've talked about it on, on on the other shows before. They really don't get the reps they used to. They're not used to blocking, uh, run blocking anymore, and they're not hitting anybody anymore. So it's it, there's a lot of bad offensive lines out there in the league right now. Uh, the Eagles got one of the best, and that's why I think that, uh, you know, it comes down to you, and, and I think it's going to come down to you in San Francisco at the end of the year again. I really do, and we'll see what happens. Um, yep. So let's get let's get in let's get into tonight's games. Um, we'll start off with the game you're at right now. Uh, Eagles at Tampa Bay. We talked about you know Eagles having problems with Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield's playing pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't look the stats up on the defense of Tampa Bay, but they better be able to stop the run if they're going to stop the Eagles. I don't think they will, Pags. I know you have a little bit of reservations there. I just again, it's this is one of these things. Again, it's that five and a half point spread that makes me nervous. And they, that's not a that's not a football line. Five and a half points is not a football line, and that makes me think it's an underdog line. Obviously, it didn't work out with the Carolina game, but it's it still makes me nervous because you know trends don't seem to lie in that regard. Uh, but the Eagles, I mean, we haven't won this game since Nick Foles was our quarterback in 2011. So it's it's been like 10, 11 years since we have so, since we've beaten Tampa Bay at all. So yeah. it, it's that means that they have they have to remain focused. We haven't played a complete game yet. Tampa Bay is better than 
you know, than maybe what people expected. They didn't expect Tampa to do much of anything up to this point, and now they're 2-0. So I kind of feel that this is, and especially with the way everything happened yesterday, I mean, I think they, they could a 3-0 and start for Tampa would really make a big deal moving forward because uh, that game that game would give them first place and, you know, a lot, you know, to be 3-0, and there's not many teams right now that are 3-0. Yeah, so a lot, that of, is a lot of these teams are two and one. So it's that that third game is going to make a big difference. And it, I, I think the Eagles just need to remain focused and they need to do what they do well and do it often. And they hold the ball, keep their offense off the field, make sure the defense can make some plays because the defense, our defense has been given up some points. Uh, thank God we've been scoring more than them, you know, so it's. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I want to see how this really plays out. I think the first half is going to be a big deal moving forward. Yeah. You know, like well, you know, I, the- I think a lot of people have been talking like, oh, the Eagles, the Eagles aren't what they were last year. They're not. This isn't the end of the year, and this is not. Uh, I'm. You've got a different offensive coordinator. And I know. You know. You, you may say it. People may think it doesn't matter because you got basically the same team there, uh, minus a minus a couple players. But it does matter because you, you, it's a different philosophy, maybe, and you're going to go with what what wins. And right now, running the ball wins for you guys. And if you have to run for 300 yards to win, that's what you do. I know, you know, watching Hurts uh, last year, and you got two great receivers over there. That's going to eventually come around. And when that does, is when I think it'll come around. Maybe the middle of the season or so, Pags. I, you know what, this is like I said, I, I. I the first four games is always the preseason of the regular season. These teams, these guys don't play in the preseason anymore. So they have to get things clicking and working in these first four weeks. And that's what that's what this is about. So I don't ever like even a loss of 70 to 20 in this in, in these first four weeks should only be taken with a grain of salt because you want to be able to, uh, it's one game. The fact that they scored 700 yards on us and, and scored all of those points, you know what? It's still only one loss. We don't get extra losses for, you know, getting, you know, lapped three times in the score, in the scoreboard. So I, and I feel that that's the same way here. It's like, I, I feel that these teams are going to still figure it out some and that they may not have it. You're never going to win a Super Bowl in week three. And that's, you know, you want to be able to click on all cylinders week 17, 18 playoffs and, and forward. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, The other game tonight is the, is the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. um, They're playing the Rams. The Rams, they're going into Cincinnati. The Rams kind of surprised some people with the way they're playing right now. I heard something that the rookie wide receiver that kind of set a record may not play. I'm not sure. Also heard Burroughs is a game time decision. Uh, if Cincinnati goes 0-3 and we we know the percentages, it drops down to like, I don't know, 2% or something ridiculous. If Burroughs doesn't play and Cincinnati goes 0-3, are they in trouble, Pags? Or is that that central division still wide open for Bengals to come back and when, when Burroughs gets healthy if he does? I see you thought maybe that Baltimore could have taken the ball and ran with it and started to move forward and they didn't. Uh, Cleveland has had hiccups in the very beginning. Again, this is the first quarter of the season. Uh, 
I kind of feel that the Bengals this year, obviously they haven't won the first two games. Losing this third game would be a really big deal, but they'd still only be two games out of first place. You know, That's because true. there's everybody else's two and one. So it's it's not insurmountable. But Burroughs hasn't been the best as of yet. He hasn't been the Joe Burroughs of, of a couple of years ago or even last year. Uh, I think that the team hasn't really figured out their identity this year. And they have a little bit of a target on their back because they have been the team that's that's gone far into the playoffs they have been to the you know the super bowl and the afc championship and i think that eventually that catches back up with you you start to realize like hey we better pull it together here so i i kind of think that that may happen today the rams again same situation the rams you know only three years removed from the Super Bowl or two years removed from the Super Bowl. So it's not the craziest thing in the world to think that they are uh, better than what we see on paper. You know, because if we go by what happened last year, last year was more the anomaly because they just didn't want to play. Nobody yeah. wanted to play last year. This year, they're like, ah, maybe we feel like playing. And yeah, I, can't, I, mean, I kind of feel that's the thought. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. But how about the Burrow situation, Pags, there? Should they, if he's, if his calf is still bothering him right now, uh, coming up to game time, I know Burroughs would want to play. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a, definitely a gamer. As the head coach, are you letting him play tonight if he's still, if his, if his calf is still the same? I mean, I mean, he's got to be able to move in this pocket. You got Aaron Donald coming down at you. You know what I yes. mean? And that's a big deal. You do not want to over injury you don't want to create a different injury so you got to be able to be mobile in that pocket and be able to get away from Aaron Donald uh, if you can do that then you play because you need the win you can't go down yeah. you can't go down 0-3 because it becomes demoralizing for the team in general you know so you don't yeah. want you don't want that to start to seep in a little bit but I I feel that if he can't if he can't you know then you better come up with a great game plan and make sure that you protect the quarterback that is playing and do whatever you can to keep the Rams' offense off the field. That's so, going to be your big deal. You know, I agree with you, and they do got a great running back in, in Nixon there who's averaging like over four yards a carry. And, you know, like you said, keep the Rams off the field, control the ball. It'll be an ugly game. That's fine. And try and, and cover deep because Matt Stafford still throws a great deep ball. Um, so let's get to the playoffs a little bit. There's certain teams that have clinched already, uh, the central teams, which it always seems there's never a wild card, uh, in the, in the central, uh, the twins and brewers have clinched the Braves and the Dodgers have clinched their division. Of course, the Orioles. And it looks like if I'm not mistaken, Tampa Bay has clinched, has clinched a playoff spot. Uh, the playoffs right now, Pags, if it ended today, in the National League would be Atlanta and the Dodgers with a bye. The Brewers, the number three seed against the Cubs right now, number six seed. And, of course, this is fluent because there's so many teams right now battling. And the number four Phillies against uh, the number five um, Cubs. I messed that up. Number six is not the Cubs. I think it's the uh, – um, yeah. I don't have that. The Cubs, the Cubs are the number three wild card right now. 
by uh, one game over the Marlins and Thank two you. and a half games over Cincinnati. Padres were, were making a run, but they, they right. kind of fell off and are five games out of that last spot. So the Cubs right. are the, you know, so the Phillies right now, I think that they're there uh, to clinch the number one spots and to clinch the playoffs is three games. They have okay. three, and that's based off of them and the Cubs. If the Cubs lose and they win, Obviously, they're not playing today, but we did sweep the Mets uh, out of Citizens Bank Park this weekend. You did, and 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 you are correct. It is the Marlins right now sitting at the number six spot. Are you surprised that the Marlins played so well this year, Pat? No, no. I mean, they've got good pitching, and that's really you – know, good pitching is, is in the regular season specifically is going to win you games. Uh, yeah, like even – like every time that the Phillies would face off against Alcantara, I mean, he would go eight innings, and literally they, the Phillies would have two hits. They'd bring somebody in in the ninth, which I don't know why they'd ever do that, and you know they would lose that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we we are typically like I'm talking just from the Phillies standpoint. We would typically beat the Marlins because of their bullpen, not because of their starting pitching. So. When you're doing the, when you're having that type of outings, you know some teams just don't have the the uh, fortitude in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning to be able to come back in games uh, like the Phillies do. And because of that, you're going to win those games. So it's not a surprise to me that they are. I mean, I think what is it? They're going to be above 500 for the year. They're at 81 and 75. So one more win, and they're above 500. Uh, and I think that the new ownership down there wants to win a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, I know they really don't support baseball down uh, in Florida as much as they do when the other teams go down there during training camps, but. I'm glad this. I'm glad to see Florida is is doing something this year in the American League. Uh, you got the Orioles and the Texan Texas Rangers, who just you know they look like they were out of it, and right now they're they it looks like they uh, they are back into it. So right now you got the O's uh, and the let me see the uh, the buys right now. O's in Texas is what I got pegs uh, for right now that have that have are right now we have the buys. Um, the Twins would be playing Houston, and Tampa Bay would be playing Toronto if the playoffs ended today. Well, interestingly enough, obviously that you know, the Rangers winning the couple games against Seattle is what has made a little bit of this difference. And the Houston Astros are not playing very well. Houston Astros better watch out because they are only a half a game out of not making the playoffs. Yes. And that's that's a big big deal. So it's Seattle, like that's I knew that that was going to be the 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 logjam between Texas, Houston, and and Seattle. And I kind of thought Seattle was going to make the playoffs just because of their youth, and they have to you know unfortunately their schedules kind of kind of got them up against you know Texas, and Texas did a number on them. You know, Texas yeah. beat them, you know, three out of four games, I believe. So it's, you know, but Houston itself, Houston's the one. If Houston wasn't to make the playoffs, that, that'd be a monster deal because they're not catching the Blue Jays to overtake that number two wild card spot. They're going to have to sneak in in that third wild card, and then they're going to have to go up against the Twins, which is actually a good uh, matchup for the Twins because of their pitching. The Twins actually have decent pitching. They do. 
We I didn't talk to you about this on Sunday's show, so I'm going to get your opinion on this, Pags. We talked, of course, Colorado, the hype around the Colorado, uh, um, you know, the, their team over there with Deion Sanders, and you know, he's on 60 Minutes. He's doing commercials. He, he's raising a lot of money for the school. I mean, he's really he's really put Colorado Buffaloes back on the map. Um, he goes up against Oregon, and Oregon, you know, put it on him. They just they just blew him out of the stadium there, and the difference that happened this week was that the Oregon coach didn't go out before the game and start talking trash. He held it all before the, before the game started in the locker room, got his players fired up saying, we know we're not playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. We're not playing, you know, on, 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 on uh, Twitter, we're playing on the field. He really pumped them up and Oregon just went and did it. Uh, and I feel maybe I'm wrong because a lot of people disagree with me. But I think there was a lot of coaches out there that kind of breathed a sigh of relief that uh, Colorado lost and lost the way they did. Because, you know, if if they win this way, everything they've been doing over the years, the coaches that have been there for years, is shown not to be working now. And and maybe they feel some kind of way towards Deion Sanders. What do you think, Pax? So I asked, I asked uh, you know, a couple of people yesterday uh, – is Colorado getting love in the top 25 because of Deion Sanders or because their team is actually that good? And the response was that it's because it, – actually, the one – the best response I got was, is Alabama really worth having the 13th – ranked 13th? And is that because of the, the talent they have or is it because of Nick Saban? And ultimately – there is something that's going on. I feel, honestly, if you want my honest opinion, what Colorado did before the game, you know, where, hey, we're trying, we're not, we're trying to get wins. We're not trying to get clicks. You know, where they were walking over the, the logo on the center of the field and they weren't focused on the game. They were focused on social media and having a certain swagger. You know, they were smith they were sniffing themselves. And that that was a realization moment. And now they got a big team coming up. USC is coming, who's ranked number five. You know what I mean? So this is you know, I, I think that that was an awakening moment for Colorado as players. And I think that. You know, of course, Dion didn't want to get spanked like that, you know, in any game. I don't think he ever wants to lose like that. But I think he needed to have the team respond that way. I think that they needed to have a a coming to Jesus moment almost uh, of waking up and being like, hey, listen, we're not going to be able to just win games because Dion Sanders is our coach. And it doesn't matter what he is. He's got good football people around him. And yeah. he's a great motivator. That's right. what Deion Sanders is. You know who that reminds me of? That reminds me of Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is a, got great football people around him, and he's a great motivator. That doesn't make him a great coach. It It's just that winning – when you are a winner and yeah. you can push winning off onto the people that you have underneath of you, everybody starts to win. And that's what Dion is doing. Here, I, I he's not a great, great coach. He's not Vince Lombardi or anything, but he is able to motivate these kids in a way to get them to play harder. And this week, they didn't do that because they were too busy sniffing themselves. 
Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's we, that's what that's what occurred. We saw we, I saw the video of the song and you know all the stuff they're doing extra and they haven't won nothing yet. And you know, I, I'm glad there's excitement there. I'm glad they're making money there. I'm glad that the, the stadium's filled up uh, you know, filled up. But it is about the kids in the end and the team in the end, and not to who the head coach is. That coach, of course, is is the team represents what the coach is. Made a great point. You're coming against USC Pags. USC doesn't have that good of a defense either. They're all offense. Oregon had a good defense. Um, I think, in my opinion, Oregon might even be better than USC, but we'll see at the end of the year. Uh, does does you know USC coming into Colorado? Do the Buffaloes have a shot upset in USC? Uh, there there is because of now. I think the focus has come back. But hey, we just got spanked. Now. Are they good enough to be able to beat USC and keep up with USC? It's going to depend on their defense. The Buffalo's yeah. defense is really going to have to step up to try to stop them some. You know, instead of getting all those touchdowns, get some field goals in the mix. And that yeah. the more field goals that USC kicks, the better the Buffalo's chance are. If they if they finish those drives and touchdowns, Buffalo's have no shot. I, I agree. Uh, we're almost out of time. A quick, a quick uh, uh, analysis by you on Notre Dame. Will Notre Dame ever be able to beat a high-ranked team? Really, they should have won that game. It's uh, Ohio State. Really, you know, you know I, that uh, that's what I call the uh, you know. I'm going to use nice words: the Heine hole pucker. They yeah. squeezed a little too much, and that and and let Ohio State wind up coming back and win that game. Uh, it's, they should have. They should have won that game, and they didn't. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, so I'm happy that. And not that I'm an Ohio State fan either, but uh, I don't like Notre Dame at all. I feel like that they are always a little overranked uh, yeah. in comparison to what the team is. Uh, you know what? I, I call that bad coaching. That yeah, was a that, coaching loss. That was a, that was that was a tough loss. Uh, I, I I mean Notre Dame does value uh, curriculum a little bit more than sports, and that's the difference between them and other teams. I mean, you go there, you got to get a degree. They don't mess around. You won't play football. So they have opened up the portal a little bit there. Maybe I'm hoping, Pags, that we get a, a national championship here in the next few, 10 years or so because I'm a big fan. Uh, but anyway, listen, folks, I'm glad you joined us today. This is our the first show of It's a Wrap with Mac and Pags. We'll be back next Monday, same kind of format. Uh, our Guests couldn't make it in today. We'll try to get them. I was going to say, uh, let's let's give a little shout out to our guest who was supposed to make it, uh, McLovin. How about them Cowboys? So we'll see if we get them back on uh, on next week. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be here, like I said, every Monday, uh, wrapping things up. with it's a wrap with Mac and Pags. Have a great day, folks, and uh, enjoy the games tonight. We'll see you next.